I'd like to welcome you to a Voice to the World podcast with your host, Nate Hill. In this podcast, we're going to give a voice to the voiceless and put sound to the silence. I invite you to go with me on this journey. Please hit the subscribe button at Apple Podcasts or Spotify as we bring attention and light to these hard conversations. Are you ready? Let's go. We like to welcome you guys to Voice to the World podcast. Uh, it's been a while since we recorded, and we thought today would just be uh, just a proper time. You know, we we have some things on our heart that we would love to discuss, um, and yeah, today is just a, a, a great time to do that. You know, for some of you guys that that know us personally and know our journey as a transracial family uh, living here in East Texas. Um, and the struggles that come along with that, we thought we'd just let you in on our world tonight. Uh, and so thank you guys for listening in. I have my wife here with me today, uh, Lakinia Hill. Say hello to everybody. Hello. <laughs> hey, so tonight, let's just talk through, let's just let people in on our journey and what it's, what it's like to be the Hills, a black family, um, for the last three and a half years that has um, raised a white child in East Texas, um, where it has typically been, um, it has a a historical uh, context of racism. I mean, literally people uh, not even 10 miles away from our house, you know, was a spot where public lynchings has taken place. Uh, just historical area where where slavery has happened, where our community is segregated by invisible streets. Um, or we could go to one side of town and it looks like you're in a completely different city. Um, to be here where um, adoption is a really big deal. Uh, you know, you, you see the signs of let your light shine and adopt a kid and you see that all around town. And and normally, you know, it's opposite. It's normally, you know, a white family with a black child. Um, and for us, it's been completely opposite. You know, um, for many people, it has never been seen before. Um, you know, before us, I've probably seen it once, <laughs> one other time in our life. And that was with someone in our own family. Um but tonight, I think I just want to just want to let people in uh, in our world, <laughs> if you will. Um, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about that tonight. Okay. So, so what has what has been your experience these last three and a half years um, being a mom to a white child in East Texas? What has that been like? Mm-hmm. Well, um, it has definitely been a blessing for one um, that I that I get to um, just be a mom. Um, I would love to say that um, it doesn't matter the color, um, skin, or the background of the child, um, but unfortunately, um, with the ignorance and all the things that are around us. Um, it is it is a 
I think it is a roller coaster. <laughs> it has been um, and it has its ups and its downs, um, but um, I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, it I share with some friends who um, who are near and dear to my heart just um, how much um, I have grown and how much this um, this experience has um, stretched me in so many areas of my life and have exposed so many things um, in my heart, um, but also um, exposed like the truth of where we are um, in a community, but just um, just in our nation, um, in our states, in our communities, uh, just um, exactly where we are. And so, but if I can say one thing, I wouldn't change it yeah. for the world. Yeah. Yeah. Me either. You know, I think about times where, um, you know, all this stuff is going on in our world and you, you, you're constantly hearing stories of, uh, specifically African-American men, you know, dealing with the whole Karen, the whole Karen movement or, or Karen error. And, 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 you know, men are getting the police called on them and all kind of stuff. And so that stuff is always running through my mind. I, I remember there was a time when we were at a band concert and there was a few hundred people there and uh, our child, she was tired, just like any other child would be. It was late at night. I was going to get the car because it was about to be over and I didn't want to have to uh, walk through the crowd. And I remember you asking me, Hey, why don't you, why don't you take her with you? And immediately I had that thought, you know, I just saw a video of a black guy babysitting two white kids Mm -hmm. and literally someone called the police on him and the police did not take his story. Mm. They called the parents and even when they called the parents, they still felt the need to question him. And so that was running through my mind. And I never forget, you know, I told you, I don't think that's the the best thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. And as a father um, with three other biological kids, that's nothing I never had to think through. Mm-hmm. You know, I never had to think about um, taking my daughters with me anywhere taking my daughters on a date, um, just having them ride with me to the store um, or or any other thing that they wanted to do. And this last three years has been, it's been different. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's been different because of the society in which we live in is where someone can easily mistake me to be something else other than just being dad. Yeah. And they could feel like it's their obligation to question me, uh, to ridicule me, to 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 corner me, to call the police on me. And all I'm doing is being dad. Yeah. And so dealing with the ignorance of people, um, man, this three years have have just exposed so much. Mm-hmm. And, and even at times um, it's hurtful. You know, it, it, it's hurtful that, um, you know, this wasn't even something that we sought out. You know, the Lord kind of laid this on our lap. Yeah, we we wasn't seeking this. We didn't we didn't sign up one day and just decide, hey, we decided we want to be parents <laughs> to a child of a different 
ethnicity. Sure. You know, but the Lord uh, saw fit that that we were called, and not only were we called, but we were qualified for the task. And so, even in the midst of that, that doesn't make it any easier. No, it does not. It does not. It does not. And I have to constantly remind myself that it's not meant to be easy. Um, and <laughs> I don't think it would ever be. But I mean, raising kids, it's not. It's, it's easy. never easy. Yeah, it's never easy. It's not for sure. easy. Each each one have its own challenges and its own. Um, uh, situation. So, I mean, and, and that's just what it is um, at this time. So, man. And so tell me now you've experienced some things where people um, thought you were taking her out of Walmart. You know, we always have people just kind of out of the blue show up and say, Hey, is everything okay? Mm-hmm. Um, even as, as late as today, you know, a lady just walking up to our table um, and, <laughs> ain't said two words to me or you oh my god but feel but feel like it's okay and that she's obligated to ask our child questions like as a mother how does that make you feel as a mother well i mean you know <laughs> and don't give them no don't give them the the, the politically correct answer i'll tell the truth about how that makes you feel because people are listening and they need to know, like they need to know that this is real. Well, I mean, as a mother, um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't look at the the skin color or you know anything of that sort. Immediately, it's just like my mama bear came out. Period. Because I mean, the way in which this lady approached our table and kneeled down, like got eye level with, like intimately. <laughs> Uh, with our child was like an absolute no no. So just as a mom, I I mean my 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 antennas went, went up, my defense level <laughs> increased, um, just because I'm like uh, yeah no that's not okay. Um, so immediately my thought wasn't who this lady was, what she looked like. It was just like absolute no no, we're not having that. Um, and then as uh, she made round two, <laughs> round two to the table. That's when I'm like, wait a minute, what, what's what's going on here? And so at that moment, uh, um, I just felt like I needed to to stand up and be bold and speak out. And um, for people who know me, I'm I'm usually very careful uh, with my words. I'm very careful with. Um, responding to certain situations uh just because of the way I, I believe the lord just you know just created my heart uh but yeah i i was on straight mama mode today yeah he was and i can't even say that i was mad um because i really didn't I, I really didn't get mad or i didn't get angry at all i mean if i could be really honest um, and of course, I, I believe this is with <laughs> growth <laughs> um, and just being prepared for the task. Um, I really just felt sorry for this lady uh, because um, had I been someone else, I don't think the situation would have uh, gone as smooth <laughs> as it did. And uh, I, I really just felt bad for her. Just like, oh, my gosh, she 
she don't she don't know no better. She needs to know something. She needs to get act right. And she was trying to tell me that her kids was trying to tell her <laughs> that she needs to get it together. She don't meet strangers and she got to stop talking to people. And I just, you know, I just felt the need to just let her know, hey, this is not okay. But I gave her many, many blessings today. Have a great day. Have a blessed day. <laughs> <laughs> I think I probably told her about five times. So she kept going. Yeah. Shout out to our pastor. He preached that message on, on grace and mercy yesterday. Yeah. You, you know what? <laughs> So I think that message was still resonating and, and resting on us because uh, this lady, she she showed got some grace and mercy today when uh, she probably deserved something else. Yeah, definitely. Because it was not it's it's not OK and it's never OK. Um, and I mean, just as mature adults, we should know we know we should know the signs of when kids um, are in danger. Uh there's many of signs and I even teach my kiddos um, to be aware of their surroundings um, for me, many reasons such as that. And so we should know, we know better if a kid is uh, in danger, but we're literally sitting in, I mean, a, a, <laughs> um, I would say a wealth, almost a wealthy part of, of the town that we're <laughs> and, uh, trying to and, enjoy a nice meal. Yeah, nice I mean, meal. I mean, lady all in our mix. Yeah. Yeah, so. man, it 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 is uh, <laughs> it, it it has been eye opening. You know, it, it has been eye opening, uh, just to see the biases of some people. Yeah, I mean, they it don't even cross their mind that this is possible that a black family can actually care for a white kid, but when it's when it's on the opposite side, it's almost like an act of heroism yeah it's like oh my god you guys are so amazing look at what you're doing you you took in these black kids that was just they they were they were outcast they were in the system and you rescued them yeah and so i, I see that approach all the time but we i get the side eye you know and and it's to a point where um I almost expect it. And, and, and the crazy thing is, is that we have a six-year-old and she notices it. Yeah, she, oh my gosh, she got in a car afterwards and she was so sad. And <laughs> I'm always in teaching mode because I'm a teacher too. <laughs> and I'm all, I believe in teaching and training and raising them up in every situation, any learning. If this is a teaching moment, whatever. And of course, there was definitely a teaching moment. However, it was not her fault. But she got in the car. She's like, I'm so sorry, mama. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, you did not do anything wrong. However, this is how we do things. This is how we do things. If someone approaches you or someone want to talk to you or something like that. You know, I have to teach her. You look at me because I'm going to tell you yes or no or <laughs> move back, whatever the case may be. So we definitely use it at a teaching moment. But she was really, really sad because she thought that she did something wrong. But there was there have been so many situations where I believe she has learned to defend us, mm -hmm. which I think is a, a heavy burden, I feel, for a kid to feel as though she has to defend who we are to her. 
our position in her life. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Um, just another thing I was thinking about like a few weeks ago when I, when I took her to a father daughter dance and she wanted me there, she was excited to take all the pictures. But then when it came time to, to dance, she didn't want to dance because she said she didn't want everyone staring at us. And you know, as a, as a father, Man, I'm I'm saddened by that, by the fact that she recognizes that everywhere we go, people are staring. Yeah. And it's not her fault. It's not our fault. Yeah. You know, and so like how would how would you if you were to ask anything of people that were just listening today, like if you were to ask of them uh, maybe about educating themselves on things that transracial families deal with or um, just opening up or, or seeking um, to find out their own unconscious biases, like how would you speak to that? Maybe that's maybe that's a heavy question. <laughs> that's a heavy question. You call me a girl. But you know, I'm always thinking. I'm always thinking a little deep. But like, how would you speak to that? Because you've had friends that have unconscious biases that you had to speak to. So, like, what would you say to that? <laughs> you call me a girl. I mean, I really would. I I always lead with. I mean, I always would. Um, give a challenge, uh, lead with a, a question that would challenge um, whatever they're feeling at that moment. And like in this situation, I would, I would ask like, what was the first thing that came across your mind? Mm. Mm. Like we walk in the door, what was the first thing? Mm. And then with that, let's dig, let's, let's dig deeper into that. And why, why was that the first thing that crossed your mind? Because I, I even believe with this lady's action, I believe with this lady's action today, um, she walked by a table or she stood up from her table. I don't even know how she recognized us because we were on the back part of the, the um, restaurant. I think we were on our way to her restroom break. <laughs> mm. But just wondering, what, what was the first thing that came to her mind when she saw us? Mm. Because it stopped her in her tracks before she went to the restroom. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, Think about that. If like, what would be the first thing that come to your mind? And then, then start digging deep to figure out why was that? Why did that even cross your mind? Wow. Yeah. We're, we're living in a time where, um, where these things are heightened. It's everywhere, you know? And, and I think social media, um, the news, uh, there's no way to get away from it. Um, just a lot of the things that are being brought to the surface of, of, of people hearts, you know, and a lot of times, you know, when I, I talk to even some of my Christian brothers, you know, and they, they always point back to the fact that it's a sin issue. Well, this is sin. It's, it's sin. But at some point, believers have to be accountable to that. 
you know, if especially when they're playing a part in the hurt, you know, we, we live in a place that's considered the Bible belt. Everyone around here is a Christian. You know, it's just like, good Lord, everyone here is a Christian. Um, you know, and so we might as well close down all these churches and just have one big church in the city since everyone is a Christian. But yet it's the same ones that's keeping up a lot of confusion around here. Hmm. You know, and so, yeah, it is a sin problem. But at one point, at what point are believers going to be a part of the solution to the sin problem? You know, I, I think about, um, you know, just in this last year, it was Christians that was becoming a stumbling block to my walk. Mm. When I would hear about their biases and see some of the comments and hear some of the comments that they would make. And it was those very people that said they were Christians. Mm. That was a stumbling block to me. And even when I communicated that as a brother in Christ, they couldn't receive it. It was almost like, well, I'm going to just go ahead and write you off because you don't agree like I agree, or you don't, you don't think how I think, or you don't vote how I vote, or the, the things that, the, the, the problems that affect you don't affect me. And when you speak about it, it makes me uncomfortable. And so when I, when I see all of this stuff going on in our world and I hear people say, well, it's a sin problem, but then I see Christians um, adding to the problem instead of being a solution to it. Um, then I have to ask myself, well, are you a part of the body of Christ? Are you my brother in Christ? Are you um, my sister in Christ? You know, if, if it's a sin problem and these things are constantly happening, and no one is speaking to it. No one is training up their congregations to be a part of the solution. Um, then you very much are a part of the problem. And I, I think about the fact that um, even in this last year, we actually left our church that we were a part of because no one was bold enough to speak to the sin problem if on quote unquote, that's what it is. And so um, I, I think as believers, um, we have to be better. We have to do better um, at stepping into this stuff and not being afraid of it. You know, they're, they're, they're passing laws now where teachers are not even allowed to talk about racism anymore. But yet, there's so many people, teachers, faculty, and students that are on the receiving end of racism. And so all of this stuff is taking place. And, and I'm left to ask, where are the believers in all of this? Hmm. Well, I would say, first of all, in this situation today, we don't know for sure if she was a believer. <laughs> for sure. I'm sure she probably possibly have been connected or have family members who are or um 
She might be. I don't know. So, but I'm just, I'm going to assume, you know, I'm, I, I can't assume if she was or she was. I can't say that. But what I would say is one thing that I do encourage, like my, my sisters, my sisters in Christ, um, those who ask the questions, the hard questions, and those who want to be um, a part of the solution um, is to um, just kind of be a light in, in your own sphere of influence and in those people who are around you. Um, I think it starts there because it is a process. It's a lot to process. Like we're learning so much that we we never knew about our own history. So, I mean, um, giving grace for sure in a situation is important um, just because there is so much that that have been swept under the rug that has been held in a darkness and now things are coming to the light. Um, so I would just say for those believers who are fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who claim to, to live um, for Christ and stand on truth, um, it is those people who are around them. It is those people that are at your kitchen table, your family, your kiddos, your spouse, your brothers, your sisters, your aunts, your uncles, your parents. Like it starts there to speak to that and be open and willing um, to learn um, and and to be okay with um, those biases and um, just things to being exposed about yourself. <laughs> mm. um, when those things come, that's kind of like what we deal with. We talk about sin, right? And like we're like we we all have sin, like right? We we all fall short. I mean, absolutely, we all fall short. Absolutely. So, um, so when we do, it is the important part is: Are we going to acknowledge that? Are we going to confess that? Are we going to repent? So we're going to confess it. And then are we going to turn away from it? Right. But we have to be aware of what that is first. And when it comes, not shying away from it. If shame comes about it or guilt or whatever, and you just kind of shove it under because it's too heavy, it's too much. And you just kind of like, yeah, you know, let's just jump to the to the redemption. Let's just jump to the the this the loving part like mm -hmm. we can't skip we can't skip a step we have to come to the point of acknowledging that because we don't if we don't acknowledge it and we don't face it how will we know what how will we know what to turn away from mm -hmm. right that's real and so that's one thing that I've learned um just from my fellow my fellow sisters my fellow brothers and sisters to know you know hey these are hard things and these things do hurt um but my question is um, is the burden of your brothers and sisters too heavy for you to carry too heavy for you to bear? Right, man. I think about, so we get, we get this call at least, uh, at least four or five times a year, if not more. Um, Nate and the Lord has placed it on my heart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you already know where I'm going to go. The Lord has placed it on my heart specifically to reach out to you guys, uh, to help be a solution to this problem. Uh, I want to learn more about uh, biases and racism and all of that because, and the Lord has led me directly to y'all. <laughs> My answer is different today. Yeah. But, but then, but then, okay. So we take you up on that. We take you up on that. But then suddenly, you know what? This is just too hard. <laughs> it's too hard. And you know what? I think I'm going to have to back away from it. And so at one point it's like, okay, did the Lord lead you to us or not? Right. And so are, are, 
is 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 what we discuss and and the veil that's being pulled from your eyes is that too much mm. because the reality is there are people that are still dealing with this and there are people that have no choice we cannot run away from it you know i was telling someone the other day i said hey i'm just a spiritual being in a dark earth suit don't treat me no different because your earth suit is 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 of a different color mm. because at the at, at the same token we say we serve the same master. Mm. And so let, let's walk in fellowship with one another. You know, and, and, and that's hard in these times where we have segregated cities, segregated communities, segregated churches, segregated schools, segregated relationships. But yet we say we serve the same master. It's something wrong with that. Mm. And so here's here's my challenge as we as we close out our time today. And I think we're going to pick this topic back up because this is just too good to just leave on the table. Um, if you're listening to this today and, and you have some unconscious bias that you have yet to deal with. I challenge you to to deal with it. It's going to be hard. Um, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be scary at times. Um, but it's going to reveal some things and it's going to make you better. And so that's my challenge to you guys today. Hey, I thank you guys for tuning in with us at the voice to the world podcast, um, where we become a voice for the voiceless and we put sound to the silence. And so that's what we're going to keep doing because that's what we've been called to. And so until next time, we're going to holler at y'all. Y'all have a great day.